0: You are listening to Normalized Crime, an in-depth look at gang life and all the effects that come along with it. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Normalized Crime. I'm Eric. Berto here. And Berto, we're back with another episode and I believe the subject of the day is going to be building your life after prison. To jump right into it, can you kind of give us a breakdown just when you went into prison, how long you were in prison, when you got out of prison.
1: Okay. Well, that's twofold because I was actually locked up twice, right? So, um, but the process is, is always the same, right? Like you go in, <clears throat> the idea of prison and I guess from society is to what? To rehabilitate, you know, if you can't be rehabilitated. So, you know, that's the goal. When you go into prison, that's the goal. So I went in at a young age. I learned a lot of things. I got out. And then I was only out for like three months, and I got indicted. So, fifteen years span over that time, you're supposed to be able to program. I'm gonna veer off a little bit because I want to kind of, I want to kind of incorporate some of my thoughts about just how where I was at differs from a regular prison. Okay. Um, you know, like I, you know, as it's been said before, I was actually in a in, in a different unit. I was in WITSEC, so I was never on the compound. There's a difference when you're on the compound and you're in regular BOP custody. Don't get me wrong like it's not an easy place to be but as far as rehabilitation goes they have a lot of opportunities if you're really interested in you know when you're on a compound you can do you know all kinds of cognitive thinking you can do you know whatever drug you know problems you have you can do programming you got schooling different types of trades you can learn and so that is there's opportunities in prison to rehabilitate to build yourself unfortunately where i was at you know i was at it was so small and it seemed like the resources were limited. We rarely had programming. Um, our schooling was a joke and you couldn't really learn a trade. There was nothing available prior to guys getting out of prison. 18 months is what it is. You're supposed to be put into like a reentry program. Right. Right. So in the, like I said, in the main line where everybody was at, when you get put into the reentry program, that's 18 months where you really have a chance to kind of like hone in on what you need to as far as transitioning into the real world. And, and you have to be able to kind of take what they're giving you to, to further along the process, you know, but they help you. You know, it's about the transition and with simple things. I'm not talking about like, I'm talking about simple things like, as getting your birth certificate, um, having your social security card ready, you know, having a way for you to get an ID. Those little things are so, you know, I guess underappreciated because when I was leaving prison, I got no help. And I think I mentioned this to you. I think I mentioned, mentioned to you like last episode or, uh, or the one before, but when you're in the unit that I was at, it's kind of like do or die. You know, like if you don't get the second phase of that program and you're, you're banking on it, you're completely un- underprepared. You're completely, you're, I mean, you're, you're, there's no way that you could be ready for the real world. Cause in your mind, mentally, you were thinking you were going to this program and it's basically like, I mean, it's almost like you're still in prison, you know, but you're getting your life together. You know, you have a chance to build a foundation. At somebody else's expense basically but if you're not prepared like i'm talking about man getting out of prison luckily like and that's that's my main um i guess the main thesis of this episode is that you need to have a backbone man when you're getting out of prison like you need to have somebody who can help you because no matter what anybody says it's it's not just a matter of having a strong will and i think maybe you can attest to this but anybody who's ever said they've any any did, did anything successful in life without help they're lying to you. Like everybody needs help. Everybody needs, you know, somebody to kind of show them and guide them. Like 15 years think about it. I'm getting I'm going from the stone age to technology <laughs> now. Like so these are the problems that you never really get help for when you're going from like a unit that I was at compared to the mainline. But the the overwhelming fact remains is that when you're trying to prepare to get out, man, um if you're not if you're not disciplined enough to train yourself, it's going to be hard for you. It's going to be hard for you when you get out. And and anybody that's in my position that had the opportunity that I have to basically start over. If I would have got out and not had my wife, um, as a, as a support system, as somebody who can push me, be there for me, it would have been hard, man. It would have been hard to adjust. And so everybody loves getting out of prison, right? <laughs> I mean, nobody wants to stay in prison, but be, but being ready when you get out is a, is a completely different story. And, um uh, there's a lot of ways that people can be ready and I don't know if you have any questions about what I just said but I can
0: but, you know I can kind of go into Okay. Way. So the first thing I so when you said you you kind of had two different prison sentences you what did you say it was 3 months got out and then got indicted and then went in for how long? Do,
1: no, my first my first time I got locked up I was uh 15 and I did 17 months. Okay um in in uh which is like it's a juvenile prison right i mean they got electric fences and you know barbed wire so you're not going nowhere um but i did 18 months i got out i was in like a group home for like a month gang gang wanted to be in the street i ended up going on a run from the group home went right back to to um where i was at in wales um for six months then i got out for three months and got indicted for 15 years You know what I mean. So it was like in and out hopscotch. You know what I mean. The first, the first little bit was eighteen months, and then six months. You know what I'm saying. So it was like. And I told a story last time about how I got caught and went back when, when, uh, when they robbed the guys next to where I was hanging out (laughs) at. Uh, That was when I went back. So yeah. So to answer that question, when
0: you (laughs) were in Witsac, you never had this three month program that's supposed to help you get adjusted to, to coming out of prison correct because that just wasn't available in the witsa yeah, yeah okay so did you have some sort of like yeah when
1: i was it's it's actually it's an 18-month program okay 18-month program okay so... really that i mean it's an 18-month process dude but no nah, they didn't they didn't help us like that they didn't we weren't i don't know like you know some of it was maybe like due to like um, they didn't want to have people exposed to us because our identities are supposed to be sealed so maybe that had it had a part of it you know what i mean like they they couldn't give us some things because of security issues. Right. Right. But then they use that cape for everything. Right. Oh, we can't bring nobody in to help you with this because security issues. Oh, you can't do this because security mm-hmm. issues. Everything was a security issue. You know what I mean? So, yeah, you don't have the uh, the resources. Um, and, and that's that's not too, that, you know, that's not. My point of saying that is is only is only to kind of share the idea that it's not always easy as people think it is when you get afforded the opportunity to be in WITSEC, right? Like, it's not always like, oh, they get it made. They go over there. No, it's not like that, you know? You're in a prison just like everybody else, you know what I mean? And the opportunities you have are actually less. You know, there's a lot of things you don't get in WITSEC that you do on the main line. And so, um, and vice versa, right? You know what I mean? It goes both ways. But, you know, my point of saying that is that so people understand, it's hard either way, you know? Uh Don't think that it's Did like... You- some easy thing to do because you're in here.
0: Right. Did you find ways to kind what? of get yourself ready? Because obviously they weren't pro- providing you with the resources was, I mean, what were you, between you and your wife? Were you able to configure things to get things done? So you were ready when you get out or was it literally like, okay, all you could really do was build a checklist of what you had to do. And then it was like grind time. Once you were finally out that you had to get all these things done.
1: Yeah. So like, there was only a limited amount of things you could actually do from inside of there, right? Especially being that I was under an alias. I wasn't under my name. So it's not like I can write different places and be like, yo, um, Alberto, can I get my birth certificate? Because I have to remain anonymous where I'm at. And my wife can't get it from me. She's not, you know, like my mom could have got it. But unfortunately, like the situation I was in, you know, I didn't have that. I didn't have mm-hmm. that luxury. Yeah, when I got out, man, I was basically a nobody, you know? Yeah, I got out during COVID. So (laughs) I got out and I'm trying to, you know, get my birth certificate and everything is closed. I'm trying to get my social security card. That's, that was like the longest mission, man. I had to get like, man, I don't even know how many things I had to go through to get my social security card. Like it was literally months and months and months and months. So these little things, they, they're underappreciated, man, because that, that stopped me from being able to, you know, luckily I had some like temporary services that didn't require my social security card. So like I got to work a month or two months after I got out, but I was literally waiting to get that so I can get my ID. I got, you know what I mean? Like I was literally with nothing. All I had was a prison ID, a federal bureau prison ID. So that's what I'm saying. Like, like little things like that, they stumble people up, man. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to say that prisoners are weak-minded, right? Because a lot of guys, they have time and they actually build their mind. That's how I got to where I'm at. But you have to have that willpower to do it. And if you don't, then it's easy to get tripped up, man. It's too easy to get tripped up in the world because everybody has these prison thoughts, right? Everybody in prison is thinking, man, I'm going to get out and I'm gonna be a millionaire <laughs> because I've had time to think about this and this and this and this and this. I got it all figured out. Not that arrogant, but almost to that point, right? Like, oh, money ain't going to be an issue. I know what I'm going to do when I get out. And, and, and bravo if they can. But I'm telling you, 95% of the people that get out, man, they hit reality. You know, all that them illusions that you had about saving money, doing this, doing that, like the bills Mm -hmm. don't wait on, you you know. Um, So when reality smacks you in the face, man, that's kind of when the rubber hits the road for most guys that get out. They decide, okay, either I'm going to keep going straight and legit because this is the life I want and I'm leaving that other stuff behind or they fall back in it because it's so easy to fall back in it, you know, because you know it. And it's what it's what comes natural to you when you get out of prison like being uncomfortable is the only way for growth, right? right? Like, so when people fall into a struggle, whether it's money or, or, or emotionally, whatever it is, they go back to what they know. They go back to what is comfortable because obviously being uncomfortable doesn't feel right, right? But that's the one thing I've learned, man. And doing this right here is uncomfortable. You know, if I'm being honest, like, you know, I wasn't raised to be this kind of guy. You know, I was raised a certain way, but it's different when you grow up and you understand, what matters, and so that's like that's the thing, like a lot of people getting out they deal with that they deal with that that mental stress of how to
0: transition, and uh I know it's hard man it's a hard thing to do do you, do you have any i guess experience with can you say like do you feel like you did a pretty good job transitioning out as opposed to other people you might know, or i mean do you really have- t- contact with anybody you were with in prison to know? how their transition went? So, yeah, I did. True story. I'm off
1: probation now, right? <laughs> this is, this is not, that's my probation. I keep it with me, right? I keep it with me. It's my good luck. But because I'm about to tell you, it's technically against the rules, right? So I was on probation. I knew a guy I was with. He ended up getting paroled, or he ended up getting out on bail. He wasn't even sentenced. And he's from out here too. So we ended up talking, you know, we were, we got similar situations as far as we both cooperated. He was in the place where I was at. And uh we built a good friendship. We're still friends, right? So when he got out, or when he got out, he was on a bracelet and he got out a little bit before me. Then he got out in like August of 20 and I got out in December. Yeah, December. So, you know, we end up we end up clicking and, and vibing. And like I said, he was on uh he was on the bracelet so we couldn't do much. And I ended up going through the process that I went through, you know, when I got out, you know, obviously my story is is I got out, you know, I initially planned on doing the electrical career. And then when I got out, I pivoted a little bit because of the economy and how, how big the trucking industry was. And I felt like that was a better opportunity. So I got my CDL, I became a truck driver, I went over the road, I ended up uh, going into business with my brother, we bought a truck, I was driving for a little bit. And, and, you know, listen, you do 15, and y- 15 years in prison, man, and then you're away from your wife and your family, and you're in a truck for three weeks at a time out of the mm. month, it starts feeling like you're in, in prison. So- I realized that that wasn't for me. So anyways, but during that process, when I got my CDL, the guy that I, I was talking to when I'm, that I was in prison with, I actually told him, like, yo, man, like, this is an opportunity because he didn't know what to do. He was kind of like unprepared himself. You know what I mean? Like, he was working a good job. He was a good worker. You know, every day he's just working in the field, like with his, with his uncle or something. He was a good worker. And I just told him, I was like, yo, listen, man, like, this is what I did. And they, they paid for my schooling. I went and got my CDL. I told him and he went and did the same thing. I hooked him up with the guy that I was working with out here and uh, he went and did the same thing. So, you know, I feel like that helps too, man. Like you got people that are in the same struggle with you or they've done exactly what you've done and they're going through life the way you are. It helps when you can lean on each other. You know, the reason why I say it's against the rules is because you're not supposed to technically talk to felons. You're not supposed to talk to anybody, you know, uh, who who I was in prison with. I definitely wasn't supposed to talk to them. So it was all them rules. That's why I say it was against the rules. But. In all reality, man, like we were really like mm-hmm. a good support system, and and you know we actually pushed each other to do better and better and better. You know what I mean? And and uh, unfortunately, he, he's in, he ended up. I don't know if he moved to California, but he's been in California with his family over there. So yeah, man, that's 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 kind of that's an important part too, man. If guys had got out and they got somebody to be able to motivate them, you know that helps too.
0: You had mentioned that you felt like prison was the the idea of prison was to reform people, get them ready to be back in society in the real world, getting them back on the straight and narrow. Did you feel like your prison experience did that? Well, as we can see, I think anybody that sees you can see that that did happen for you. But do you think that was because of you? Or do you think the prison system did a good job of getting you reformed?
1: Well, I think in my situation, man, like I said, to be fair, the resources weren't there. So in that sense, they didn't get me prepared. Uh, when I was a juvenile, I had a lot of programs that I did. And even when I was in the county jail, I did a lot of programs. So I was a lot, of, I did a lot of self-teaching. They, 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 the prison didn't help me in that way. They did a different thing. They broke me. <laughs> they broke me. Anybody that you run into, man, that's done a long time in prison, they're going to tell you that. You know, at some point they're going to say, man, they broke me. Like, you know and and that's a point where you know that you're never going back. I'm never going back and that's that's a real thing, man. That's a, it's a real thing like at some point either in your prison bid, you know, or it could be as early as when you're going through the county jail stages. You could be like, man, this is it. I can't do this. Like this ain't for me. This ain't my life. And uh people a lot of strong people they can do that and they never look back, man. God bless me. I'm I'm willing to say the same. That's that's uh did, that's a real thing. Did you Yeah, yeah, My, I want to kind of, you know, Hone in on some points, man. In, in defense of not not necessarily just myself, but in defense of of, of prisoners or, or people that are asking for a second chance. So shortly before I was shortly before I was going to get out, the uh, the government passed uh, a legislation. It was called the First Step Act. Um, and the First Step Act was designed to help rehabilitate. Um, it did some things as far as lightening some sentences. Um, the First Step Act. The first step act was really beneficial to guys that were doing time. The concept of it is really, really good. Maybe it, maybe it can be worked out in a regular mainline in a prison. It was never going to happen in, in WITSEC just because of the, the limitations on what they could do, what they couldn't do as far as identity. And, but on the mainline, the first step act, I think on paper could really help, right? Because the way it's designed, they, they put a lot of emphasis on actually getting to know an individual and actually getting to know what makes that individual work, because everything is so formally unformal in prison, if that makes sense, where you know it's a, it's a it's a it's a situation where you have a caseworker that watches over three hundred inmates i mean how much how much time are you really getting in to you know to have to discuss how you're going to change the things that, like you you're just one and it's on to the next so the concept of the first step act is to individualize it. And make it important so that you have one-on-ones and you understand your goals and and all those things. You know what I mean. And they have to actually do a report and they get audited because I read the whole the whole bill. And so the concept of it is really, really, really well done, man. For real. Like I looked at it and it, and I believe it'll work. I mean, the idea of it is right. You want to slow down recidivism. Right That's the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. don't bring really let people come back to prison if everybody if anybody knew the answer to that, then they'd be the richest person in the world right but, but I think there's I think there's a lot to say about recidivism is based on where do you have to go where are they putting you if you're putting you right back in the same place where you left like that in itself is not gonna help get you out of trouble. It's just not man because it's so easy to revert, like I said man like you're it's always about your comfort zone and um. And so that being said, it's not impossible. I believe that a lot of guys aren't given enough credit and they're not given enough opportunity because a lot of times that's what it comes down to is that one know that they get from a job or for opportunity, it pushes them. It pushes them to a point where they're like, man, what am I doing? Like, I'm not, I'm not getting what I want. They don't want to hire me anyway. And they go back to the street because it's the easy thing to do, man. And it's hard, man. Listen, I've, I've walked a straight and narrow since I got out, man, I've done everything I could, you know. Every and anything I could possibly, do. and I still get turned down for a job. You know, like I'm working now. Don't get me wrong, but when I see a better opportunity, if I apply for it, like I expect some type of consideration. It doesn't happen because I'm a felon. There's just certain things that I can never do in my life. Even on this paper I just showed, it talks. You know, I can never own a firearm. You know, so there's just things that it hampers guys. You know, it's it's like a, mm-hmm. it's like a ball and chain, and then and everybody expects the world of you. You know, and and it's hard, man. So that transition, man, I think is 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 one of the hardest things for guys to do, man. And I think there should be a lot more emphasis on that. There should be a lot more credit to those guys. Not saying I'm looking for any credit, but but just just understand, like the the idea of going from a criminal and everything you knew ever in your life, one way of living, no matter what. to now you have to be a productive member of society and understand what that means. Understand what what everything that comes. Listen, this is a whole different world, man. And um and and so people are, are sometimes they're awestruck, you know, and it's like you got to try to act like, you know, what's going on, but you really don't, you know. And so I don't know, man, I think that I have an issue sometimes with uh, I'm not a big political guy. You know, I kind of I kind of I'm not, a you know, I don't tell it one way or the other. But I think there's a lot of people that always have an issue with spending mm-hmm. money on prisoners. There's always an issue. Why would you spend money on prisoners? Why would you spend money? On, because and the answer that they should that is so simple it it should shut them up it's like
0: yeah because you don't
1: want to go back to prison like that's that that's what it is that's why you spend so much money is because you don't want to go you don't want to like you don't want to spend money on them you don't want to invest in them and then you wonder why they're dumb when they get out or you wonder why they go back to the same things when they get out you did nothing to help them so i don't know i kind of have an issue with that when it comes to politics you know what i mean because i believe that a lot of guys genuinely do want to change. A lot of guys do genuinely wanna be better and do better things and, and create a better way for the family. But it's not always easy. The opportunities ain't always there, no matter how hard you work or no matter what you do. Um so the 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 grind of, of every single day is is a tough one. And I believe that a lot of guys should get credit, man, for fighting through the mergers. I'll tell you that
0: I'm curious so yeah. Can you talk a yes, little bit say. about? So you, you mentioned about how you now have the checkbox where you have been convicted of a felony. So every application that you apply for, for every job, you have to check that box. And how big of an effect do you think? Was it, was it a long process to finally get somebody that was willing to give you a chance or?
1: Well, I w- I to see I when when I when I pivoted and made the decision from being a truck driver to I'm gonna go back to what I had originally planned and be an electrician and working electrical. Um When I made that when I made that choice, I did a kind of I did a full head of steam. So you know I I took my own money, I financed my own money, and um and and went to a trade school. Uh, it wasn't like a a major trade school. It was a 16 week program for for electrical and and so but before i did that listen man i literally wrote down i googled <laughs> every electrical company in my in my in my near vicinity and i must have called like 40 of them and tried to get a job with all 40 of them hey man just give me a chance as an apprentice i'll do whatever you need me to do i'm just trying to start up i know a little bit mentally i've studied a little bit mentally but i've never been in the field i got one call back man. one call back and I'm still with the dude today. Like uh he's a good dude, man. Just uh he, he's a good guy. He's a sm- owns a small company, his own little you know, it's a four man crew. And so but but he just he found it in his heart to be like, you know what, I'm gonna get this dude a chance. And because I've always been up front with mine, right? Like there's actually I think if they on your application or if they ask if you've been committed of a felony or a background check, it's not supposed to go back farther than seven years. Like it's it's so I don't have a felony within the last seven years. My felony is from two thousand five. So I could technically get away with that part. But the problem is when they say, what's going on right here? <laughs> you know what I mean? Now yeah, now you gotta say, all right, well, yeah, I was doing something else.
0: And but, uh, it did so the the place that you work for now, does was the owner, did the owner have like does he have a reason to show you a compassion or was it just like you met with him and, and he was impressed with you and said, Yeah, I'll give this guy a shot or did he have a past of his own where he yeah. was, you know, understanding of your situation and said, Yeah, I can give you a shot?
1: No, he was, he's a straight, he was, he's been a straight and narrow guy, but it was more of the latter where he was just kind of like, Man, he was impressed with how I presented myself. I mean, I didn't have much, but I presented a resume with whatever I had on there. You know, I had the CDL experience, uh, but like I learned really fast, man. And, and I'm like one of his top guys right now, you know, so I have scouted other positions because obviously like you know i need a a more stable situation you know what i mean like i work with the guy but you know residential housing when you do electricity is based on if people call and they need it you know so if there's a couple of days where nobody needs it it's like you're going you know you're twiddling your thumbs now that's cool as a business owner because he's making <laughs> four times what i am right but as an employee you know it's like you need them hours so you know, I, I still been looking around for something a little more stable, but I've been faithful to him and loyal to him for giving me the shot. It's just at some point
0: you gotta have, you know, yeah.
1: <laughs> I gotta pay the for... bills,
0: man. That's the way it goes. So, <laughs> when you were okay, so when you were in prison, if you look back at the people that you were in prison with, was there a line where you could see like, okay, this guy is more than likely gonna end up back in prison. These people, they're they're all going to, mm-hmm. you know. Like, was it, was it a very clear line on, on who was on the side of this is reforming me and who was on the side of not reforming me and which side was dominant? Like, was more people being reformed or were more people like, yeah, they're going to end up back at some point?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean. That's a That's actually a, a, a really insightful thought, to be honest with you, because I, I think I think I spend a lot of time looking around at guys like, man, how are they ever going to make it in the world? You know what I'm saying, or you know, what could they possibly do to survive in the real world? And and that's coming mm-hmm. from a guy who hasn't really lived in the real world, you know, like and but I mean, I guess sometimes you're surprised, though, you know, like some guys, they'll get out and they'll really do whatever they had in their in their mind. And, you know, what I mean, you know, all the all the credit to him. But. You know, yeah, you can definitely look around and see, man, which guys are like, you know, they're willing to, you know, it's, it's sad to say, but um, it's a truth. Like guys, they used to be like, I got one more in me. And that's basically saying like, they got another bit in them. You know, they can do another stretch, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, obviously not a 15 year stretch, but guys are thinking along the lines of three to seven years based on street life and drug dealing. You know what I mean? And, uh, and, and so that's what they say. That's what they think. Like, you'll hear that. Guys be like, man, I got one more in me. You know, because they might be younger, they're getting out soon, you know what I mean? Whatever it is. That's kind of that's kind of the mindset, I wouldn't say, of the majority, you know, because you, you get a lot of guys who are genuinely like, you know, I'm done, bro, like, I can't jeopardize my family. And, you know, I still talk to a couple of those guys, you know, guys that got out, they put their head down, got to work, and they got something to show for it now, type thing. You know what I mean? Not necessarily they're just saying, yeah, I want to go back and do crime, but they're leaving the door open, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, It's, I mean, it's, it's messed up, man. You know, it's, it's hard to, sometimes it's hard to do time with guys like that because you got plans, man. You, you know, if you got plans and you really want to get out and you want to do something and, and, and really, you know, make waves and create a change. You don't want to be around the negativity. You just don't like, you ain't got time for it. You know, it's like, you know, it's kind of like you start thinking like I've been through all that. You know what I mean? Like I've been, I've been all the stuff you want to go do and I've been through it. So and I'm not talking about as like an adult because I was in prison my whole life. As adult, I'm talking about just like street life, doing stuff, hanging on corners, doing all that stuff. So it's kind of about willpower at that moment. You know what I mean? It's about what you're focused on, what you think is important. You know, I as, as me now looking back, right, like I'm out and I've been out for almost two years. Like you kind of feel like it's unfair at times. You know, like you think no matter what I do, I can make all the right moves. I can I can live a clean life and I can do it but it's it's still like it's like a wall man it's like there's a wall designed i mean like maybe you could tell me but i've never met a millionaire that, that had a felony you know what i mean like, i there's got to be never, one i've but, never met, I've but, met one right but yeah. so so it's like there's got to be yeah. one maybe but but I've, i haven't met many that's my point and 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 that's because i feel like there's a wall man where it's like you know somebody has to be able to break through that wall you know and and it's it's tough because like I said, you have all these aspirations and these dreams and ambition when you're in prison or when you get out and real life smacks you in the face and you got 20 bills you gotta pay every month. There ain't no, oh I'm gonna stack, I'm gonna stack this money away and invest in this and then go into business and do this. Like it doesn't happen like that. You know? My biggest gripe, man, to be honest with you, is just like give somebody with a felony a chance to be to be wealthy. You know? Like give give like if you if they have there's a position open, man, and a guy deserves it, regardless of who it is, he should be able to attain it. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that I've been I've been offered or declined. Obviously I've been declined jobs, but I'm just saying in general. I feel like in the latter there's always somebody that's gonna try to
0: Yeah not let you get and certain. It's things. kind of interesting because you know, you talk about giving felons a chance. Um at one point in time I owned several rental properties and at one point in time I, I rented one of my properties to somebody that was a sex offender. It had been in prison for as a sex offender. And because of that, like still to this day, even though I don't own any properties, I still get calls from sex offenders because I got put on this list like this is a landlord that would actually rent to you. But in my experience with that, I I rented to probably two or three of them, and they were some of the best tenants I ever had because they were so thankful that you actually gave them a shot. And I think it would do the world a a lot of good if they would – get past that phobia of that felony and just, you know, be careful with it. But also it's not the end of the world to give these people a, a shot, you know? So.
1: Right. Right. And it's like, uh, I don't know, man. Like I, you know, I got big dreams. I got big aspirations, man. Like my, obviously I, I, I see big, you know what I mean? And uh, I think, I think, uh, I think that's healthy, you know, because a lot of time visual is, is, is what you need in order to attain it, man. So, you know, I got my eyes set on big things and, and I feel like a lot of guys that get out, they have their eyes set on big things, but they're not ready. You know, everything has a time and a place in my, in my, uh, my beliefs, you know, God has a certain way he wants you to move before he allots you with all these blessings. And it's not, it's not to say that, that you don't have to earn them, you know, because you do and you have to work hard for them. And I know that. So, but I think a lot of, I, I think, you know, that's the problem is a lot of guys, and I'm guilty too. You put the cart before the horse, so to speak, and you feel like I get out, do this, I can do this, I can do this. And you you run into these brick walls. And that's, that's really when you need to fight, right? Like that's when you show whether you're really about getting your life in another, another ski want to fall apart.
0: That piece of advice right there applies to everybody is everybody hits a wall at some point in time, regardless of your, if you're a felon or not and you have to fight through it. Right. So it just happens to be that.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean conceptually, right? Anything, right? Conceptually, that's in business. That's in anything, right? Like, I mean, that's that's how it goes. Like, that's the biggest part of success is failure, right? Like, that's what that's what the the ongoing theme is, and and I I agree with that one hundred percent. And I mean, like, uh, I agree with that. You know, you got to take a lot of losses to get a good win, man. And it's just a shame
0: though that that being that a. Having a felony on your record, it just makes that many more walls that you have to jump over as opposed to somebody that doesn't have that felony has fewer walls to jump over. But there's still the walls to jump over. So
1: yeah. yeah, they're there. The opportunity is still there, man. So it's still, it's ultimately, it's going to be on me to, uh, to push ahead, to kind of build my own brand, so to speak, I guess, about, you know, where, where I'm at in my life, you know, it'll be worth it. It'll pay off. And it just... It sucks that I'm starting so late in life, you know, I wish I would have had the chance to maybe do it a little differently, but that's the way it is. It, it ends up working out well. Because, look, <laughs> we're here doing a podcast together. You probably would have never met me if it, it was. A different I, I'm pretty sure, probably sure probably that we would have
0: never, met, never met, me. met, actually, but but it's a good thing we did. And and it's a good thing that the world gets to hear yeah. this story, yeah. you know, so.
1: Yeah, because, you know, like, and like I said, man, like I'm not looking for sympathy or pity or anything like that, man. And and I'm sure a lot of guys who who are in the street is they're the same way, man. It's just they just want a chance. Right. Like people think of a criminal or they think of somebody who commits a crime and the worst thoughts come to their head. Like they automatically think like this dude is a serial killer, you know, like, you know, less than one percent of, you know, crime in the world. Is from a serial killer. Well, mm-hmm. specifically in in the United States, less than one percent. So that's like, you know, the, the 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 I believe that the preconceived notion that a lot of people come into it is like, oh man, this guy's he's a he's a felon. He might he you know the worst of the worst. And it's not always like that, man. And even if it was like that on a level where like even mine, like mine was a serious felony, it's not gonna define me who I am now. Like give me a chance to see who I am now. You know, and, and I wish there was a way to differentiate, man. Like, you know, I did all my all my crimes and, and all the, the spree that I had was all from the time I was thirteen to eighteen. We're not talking about a grown and then there was there was it was broken up because I was locked up during that period too.
0: I mean yeah. Gavin did a podcast and it was a story of a guy that he actually he killed his girlfriend when he was like eighteen years old. And it was it was clearly a crime of passion and then he he went to prison for it, got out, got right, married, right. and he and he lived fifty years. You know, he was married for fifty years after that with no nothing happened. I think he eventually got killed in a car accident. But I mean, and that just goes to show you, like people have this perception that like once a criminal, always a criminal, or something like that. And
1: yeah, and there's there's there. You know, there's 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 time for reflection. I mean, you know, not to sound you know condescending but guys are doing bids man you know 10 15 years 20 years of their life they're never getting back like you think during that period they haven't changed they haven't grown that's not reasonable to like you got to be pretty yeah and 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 i'm not even saying like it has to be positive change all the time but guys change mentally over time you know what i mean i believe that you know they should they do deserve a shot to show that they've improved or they, I mean, come on, man. Like my, my biggest crime I did when I was 15 years old, Like 15 years old. You're going to define me by that. Like, uh, <laughs> you can't even probably tell me 20 memories you had when you were 15. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and, and so that's the thing, man. It's like, you know, I, I never hide my felony. you know, and not that I wear it as a badge of honor or nothing like that. But I feel like something like that shouldn't set me back. It should propel me. You know? And I use it as a springboard all the time. It's just, <laughs> you know, Sometimes the world ain't working with me. You know what I mean? But like I said, man, it's all about timing. Yeah, sometimes it's all about time. And, and uh, that's what I'm just waiting on. I'm waiting on my time, waiting on my moment, man. Until then, I'm going to keep pushing, keep my head down, keep working, and uh, and hopefully spreading the message out to guys so that, are, that are trying I, to do I sooner. think
0: it's really important that we touch on at least this one subject before we get to the end. And that subject is, is that I don't think most people, you were in prison for 15 years. And I think most people don't realize probably how much 15 years in prison. First of all, how cut off you are from the world when you're in prison. And I'm going to preface this with telling a story I heard, and this was during COVID. And do you know who Jared Leto is? I believe it was Jared Leto. Jared Leto, Prior to COVID, he went out on some like walkabout for six months and he walked around in the woods and that he just spent like six months in the woods. And then he got out of the woods and COVID was happening and the whole world was shut down. And, and the reason why I bring that up is because just imagine something like that, but for 15 years. So I just imagine that when you walked out after your prison sentence, I mean, the world was completely different. And yeah, you probably had some ideas of how different it was yeah. because obviously you weren't completely shut out from the world. But can you talk about some of the things that you were just like, Well, that's how this works now? <laughs> you know, like
1: Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, you brought up a really, really good point, man. And I was actually speaking with my wife about this the other day and she thought it'd be important to talk about as well. And it's just about before I get to your you know what you're talking about um just to to kind of reiterate the prison the length and what it does to you man i mean you're talking about 15 years right where you're trying to hold on to relationships you know you're trying to build relationships and you're trying to maintain some sort of reality you know what i mean when you're thousands of miles away it could be and um and it's so hard man because you're in prison you get 300 minutes a month to to use on the phone that's that's 10 minutes a day you know and how many people do you talk to in your life to try to establish <laughs> i can imagine you know how fast <laughs> 300 minutes ago you know visiting wise you know everything is everything right everything is regulated and so to build relationships and to and to, to maintain relationships listen i used to write my wife every day man you know just to try just to make her feel good when we were apart like that's a hard that's a hard sell man is when you're trying to maintain a relationship and you're not there physically and not just with my wife, with other people. I mean, I lost like, you know, obviously through my, my cooperation and just, a, you know, just a, the direction of my life. I lost a lot of, I lost all contact with my kids for a while, you know, and I used to do everything, man. I used to try to send them gifts as much as I could. You know, I hustled in prison, you know, just, just doing as much as I could, as far as like, you know, cutting hair, or just whatever I could, man, to, to, to get some money, um, gambling, whatever it was. And I would try to provide, you know, at least give whatever I could, birthdays, and I, and I just never got nothing back. And you lose that, you know what I mean. And and so that's hard for a lot of guys, man, because some guys don't even have what I had. I didn't have a lot, but I had enough, you know what I'm saying. And it kept me going. And like my wife, man, you know, she was there for me for seven years. You know, I mean? wonderful woman. Nobody could have ever done that. Every visit, never missed. No, I'm talking about everything, everything. Girl. I was blessed and not a lot of guys don't have that you know, sometimes you get jealousy in prison being that too but um so so yeah man i just want to kind of hone in on that man just how hard it is to build relationships and to keep relationships and and, and you know how many how you lose relationships over time and and you know you, you start to think oh it's them people changing on you but it's really people just living life man and it's just hard to it's hard to set aside time for somebody that's never around you know that hasn't been around for all these years man. And, you know, like me, I, I, you know, I do the best I can because I was there, but I still maintain relationships with guys in prison, you know, obviously my brother's in prison and and I try to keep up with him. I send pictures and cards and everything I can do, you know what I mean? To make sure that their stay is a little bit better. It might not be consistent, but I do it because I care about them, you know, a lot of people don't have that, man. So anyways, that's, that's, that's kind of, yeah, I was a little bit off, off subject, but it was something that is close to my heart, man, because, you know, I was blessed, but not a lot of people have that. And, uh, and it's tough man, to deal with that every day. But to circle back to your, your question, yeah, man, when I got out, it was surreal. Like, yeah, obviously like through visits, like I talked to my wife about things and she's, she always used to be like, yo, you're going to, you know, your mind's going to be blown when you see how the world is and the phones are. And this is nice. Like, yeah, I see it on TV. You, know? you I weren't ready. Day, yeah. And, um, yeah, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. And when I got out, man, when I seen the phone. I was like, what? I was like, just mind blown. You know, just, I couldn't, I couldn't, <laughs> I was like, everything's on there. Like then there's everything that on was there. one like, of the. in your life is right there on your phone. Right.
0: I, I would assume 15 years ago, there was not a, was there even cell phones really? There was probably cell.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I had a, I had like a, a T-Mobile, like a, um, man, I got a picture over there, man. Yeah, it was, it wasn't even a flip phone. It was after flip phones, flip phones, the Sprint Razors and all that. Like that was around that time. So the newest phone that was out when when I got when I went to prison was like a Sidekick. You know what I mean? Like Sidekicks were the thing. And uh, and I went to prison and never you know, Oh, yeah. Like, okay, I know what you're one? like, like the pen? Yeah. Um, yeah. BlackBerry, a BlackBerry, BlackBerry. Or something. Yeah, so that was like, you know what I mean, and and, and nobody really texts like that. Facebook wasn't even really like jumping like that at all. It was invented, but it wasn't like it didn't until I got to the county jail then they started talking about it. You know, just like like cars seeing different cars and then like you know when you go it's crazy like when you go back to where you're from like everything's small yeah like it seems like it's small and it's because you were a kid or whatever when you were there you know but everything seems small man and uh, so yeah it's it's a it's a my wife told me when i got out and i and i agree with her that i was really slow you know like all my moves were like methodical you know because it was like so much happening you know like i i you know not to i don't want to you know, I don't want to diagnose or anything like diagnose myself on, on on air, but a lot of guys, I'm sure, they can agree with you, man. They they deal with some form of PSD, PTSD, you know, and just from the streets and from prison. Like I guarantee you, those guys that do, and I do, and I'm not talking about where like I have nightmares or anything like that, but just tendencies you have as a gang member, um, an ex-gang member, or somebody in the street, like like you're you always want your back to the wall. Like I get nervous in crowded places. You always look in to see what happens before it happens, you know, and it's just it's just it's just natural instinct that, that I'm sure a lot of people have. So I believe there's some there's form some form of post-traumatic stress disorder for a lot of probably guys that are not active no more. Listen, man, getting shot at is that it's not normal. You know, what I mean? like it's not, you know, what I mean, you know, anybody in war or anything like that, that's not normal. Like you wonder why guys are like, you know, they sometimes they, they might not see things the way you do, you know, like having your life literally flash, there's people that have lived their life and have never, I'm going to die feeling, you know, because they had this this great life or they never took risks or whatever it was. But when you get that, I'm going to die feeling, or you, that you think that, like that's a feeling that you can't, you can't replicate. Like you think it's over. You know what I mean? Like there's certain people that get that right. And to, so I don't know, man, like I think there's a lot of guys, man, like you got to give them credit when they do right. And then you got to help them out when they do wrong, man. because I believe there's 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 change in most people, man. There's change in most people. It's just they got to have the opportunity. And uh, you deal with a lot of smart guys. It's just it, it's just a matter of helping, giving the resources, you know, putting them on the right track. You know, that's not easy, man. It, it's not easy because if, if I can name off a bunch of places to go to right now for guys when they get out, I do it. Like I said, I, I, I mentioned the Smart Justice Grant. You know, if guys are if guys ever are in, uh, uh, in Arizona. You know, the Smart Justice Grant is gonna help you if you're an ex felon, you know what I mean? You can go to school, you can get your CDL. I did I, I did look up um Wisconsin actually for the show because I was if I could help I would have said it, but I couldn't find nothing. Um the only thing I seen was like Pell Grants. Um, you can you can uh, apply for a Pell Grant, but I don't know if that's that's felony specific or anything like that. Like the Smart Justice Grant is specifically for guys who got out of prison and had felony. So I, I don't think the Pell Grant is specific, but I believe it's useful. It's a tool that guys can get.
0: Yeah, and uh, I, if they
1: apply for it, and they're Oh, eligible.
0: did he? Okay. Um, so because I, I believe that it. a Pell Grant is available to anybody.
1: Yeah, it's my brother. Not... My brother got it. He, he Yeah, yeah, he got out of prison, and I think he got a Pell Grant to go like culinary art school, something like that. So um, I, I believe that's the only thing I see in Wisconsin, man. In Milwaukee, you know, there's not a lot. You know, the problem with Milwaukee, man, is because it's the smallest big place you ever be, man. Like I'm telling you, like it's so many people, but it's it's yeah, but it's like. So even if you try to spread out and go somewhere else and try to start over, like you're gonna run into somebody, you know what I mean? And, and I, I would have never made it in Milwaukee. I'm just gonna be honest with you. Like I would have never made it, and, and not 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 for lack of trying. It's just that it's just that there's so many people that you're gonna run into. Like it's just it's a crazy uh, two-edged sword, man. For guys that have to go back to so trying to change, but but having a having a reputation for being any type of guy right? It, it, and you, especially somebody that was in the street, mm-hmm. you go back to where you're from, everybody's going to challenge you to that. Now it's like, you know, people heard about you, you know, people have grown up. And now it's like people that you don't even know, they want to challenge you. They want that strike. You know, they want to be able to be recognized for, you know, smashing this dude or shooting this dude. I just say, I, I wouldn't ever want to live a life like that. So so, so have to get out of there. It's In thing. your
0: opinion, do you think do you think everything would have gone as smoothly for you when you got out had you, because I think you, in a previous episode, you had mentioned that, that had you not have had your own resources, you probably would have been, the government would have just kind of pushed you back into Milwaukee. Is that right? Do you, do you think if you would have ended up?
1: Yeah. Yeah. If it, you think you would have, have been, ended up uh... back in
0: Milwaukee, do you think it would have been a lot harder to be where you are today? Or do you think coming out, you were just like done?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of, that's, no, no, that's, that's kind of what I was, I was, that's kind of what I was mentioning just previously. Like, that's kind of what I was pointing at is like, if I was in Milwaukee, it wouldn't have, I wouldn't have happened, you know, and not, not for me lack of trying, but I just know that there would have been too many obstacles, man, to try to overcome as far as people. Um, And then if I didn't have my wife, I didn't have the resources like my wife man. my wife has been my backbone. Like, you know, without her, you know, there's no me for real. Like she's She's been my rock. But, you know, if I didn't have her and I was back in Milwaukee, it would have been really hard. I don't think I, you know, don't get me wrong. Like, I don't want to say I doubt myself, but I don't think I make it because there's a lot of people that hate me. Man. You know, like, let's just be honest. There's a lot of people that hate me. There's a lot of people that want to see me dead. And 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 I understand whatever, like the streets, and they can have that. So it would have just been, it would have been really a hard thing to try to push through, man, every day, like worrying about my surroundings. Where am I at? Where can I go? Who am I going to run into? At some point, it's like, damn, do I got to have a gun now? Because I know they're coming from, you know, so it's like Milwaukee in general or to guys that are getting out to go back to any place they're from, it's not a good look. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not because let's say even if you're going back and you're not hated by your clique, right, there's still going to be guys that hate you that you were involved you know, you might have shot his little brother, or you know what I mean. Like, you think they just forgive that? Like, that's not that's not something that happens, right? So, for guys in the street, so it's like, um, even if you're not hooked up and and on count, there's still going to be the the obstacles in front of you. Like, does why make it harder on yourself? You know, like for me and my wife, man, I'm blessed that she came out here and she was like, "Listen, let's just get away from everything, let's start over." And that's why I said, man, without her, I'm not me because this was my chance to show that I'm better than what I was representing. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't get that chance, man. You know, unfortunately, a lot of people, they get put in a position where they got to just be, they got to be what they were before they got out because otherwise, even the people that they're around and look to them, they're going to start questioning. You know, it's like, it's it's a hard standard to live up to, man. Like, you're trying to live straight. But at the same time, you got this ego and, and everything that you represent as a man, you got to carry that because Milwaukee is not a place where people are going to, you know, just let you walk around, and, and it, it's a different kind of atmosphere. You know what I mean? It's like Chicago or in any other city where,
0: yeah, you know, it seems like you your starting over was already challenging enough. You didn't need to add in all the extra elements of, you know, problems that came from being in Milwaukee. It just it would never have worked. Yeah. Um, Do you have anything else you want to you want to? uh, Cover on this episode because I do have one more question, but I think it's a great question to end the episode. So
1: okay, um, I'm trying to think here. Nah, I mean, I believe I was kind of broad, and I and I believe that you know, like, if anybody had questions or you know, like, direct questions about anything that goes on um, prior to being released that I know of that I can help you with, they can they can email um, anybody's got questions about how that transition is because even for people that haven't been in prison and they want to help the people that are coming out of prison, there's a certain way to help. You know, there's a certain way to, to, to walk them through their path. Like, and, and I don't believe the way is giving them a bunch of money when they get out and letting them party. Like, I don't believe that's the way, you know what I'm saying? But.
0: So the final question that I want to ask you is if a listener out there has a family member, a friend or somebody that is in prison right now, what would you say is the best thing they can do for that person to make the person in prison's life better?
1: Okay, so just not on not on a, not on the sense of like uh, yeah helping them transition. Like, just just yeah that, that kind of Like what can you do to support them? That kind of question. Okay, so so there's one thing, man. There's one ongoing thing, and I promise you, any prisoner is going to agree with this. I don't care, black, white, gang, no gang, outlaw, motorcycle, whatever it is. They're going to agree with this statement, man. All they want from anybody they conversate with, anybody they talk to is just tell me the truth. That's the one thing, man. That's the one thing that any guy needs is somebody to be honest to him, because and that goes a long way. And the reason why I say be honest to him is if I talk to you and you say, hey, listen, I sent you your pictures out. My pictures should be in the mail. I should get my pictures. They never come and there's excuses or whatever. Cause then you start flip, like it ruins relationships. So my main thing is just always be honest. If there's mm-hmm. every situation where you just can't do it, you just say, Hey, I can't do it right now. Guys want that. They respect that more than you tell them they do something and they wait and wait and twiddling their thumbs. And they look stupid because it never comes. You know what I'm saying? Like things like that, man. And I'm talking about anything like right now, especially right now. Like I know right now I'd be telling my wife, Hey, <laughs> um, send me in a couple of fantasy football magazine. Cause it'd be almost time for the draft. You know, what I'm saying like guys play fantasy football. So like people, little things like that, man, it makes their time go. You know, it gives them something to look forward to, you know, getting a picture here and there, getting a card here and there. Like those little things, man, like, yeah, of course, money helps. Right. Anytime you can send a guy money, help him out. Like, yeah, that helps. But for real, I I don't know a lot of guys that are only focused on that. You know, guys just want to be able to say I I talk to somebody in the real world. Like I have a relationship with somebody in the real world because there's some people, believe it or not, that have none. Nobody. Nobody to talk to, nobody write, no nothing, nobody to get money from, nothing, you know? And so my main thing, man, is yeah, just tell guys the truth. They'll be happy I'm telling you. <laughs> Very true, man. Very true. I'll tell you that right now, man. <laughs> Very true. So I'm due to actually gather some pictures to send to my brother. So, you know what I mean? It, it, it uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a, it's a huge mental, um, there's a, there's a big distance in the mental capacity from somebody that's in prison and what they think about on a day-to-day basis to somebody. In a the emotions are different. You're vulnerable. Like you're really, really vulnerable when it comes to people because you depend on people. And, um, yeah, man, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's really, it's really crazy when I think about how my mentality used to be in there and how you do the day-to-day, you know, just the day-to-day struggle of being in prison and, and uh, you know it's funny because you're around guys that have been doing time, you know, fifteen years, twenty years, twenty five years. I was in I was there with a guy mm-hmm. in three years, when I, and he was the coolest old guy. But everybody it makes the point where guys are like, oh, the hardest time is your last your last years, or you get some vets. It's like the hardest time is your last five, you know, because then you know what I mean it, it starts to slow down, and, and it's true, right? Like those that last little time, you know what I mean when you get out, like you're you're you start to feel it, you know what I mean you're like. And it, it's a crazy feeling man it's like a rush and try to sleep during that like it, it's tough man it's tough i was working out like three times a day just to try to get myself to sleep because it was like you know your heart racing you laying back and you start thinking about oh, yeah. you're gonna be free like this is this is it you've been in this cage for 15 years and uh and 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 you're gonna be free you're gonna be able to do what every free person would do man. and so it's just a Crazy, cool. crazy. Well, deal. I think that's a good
0: Never do. good tone to leave the episode on. What do you, you think? So,
1: that yeah, sounds good.
0: Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Again, if you didn't catch it the first time, we now have an email address. So, if you have any questions, comments, anything, you can send those over to normalizedcrime at gmail.com. And we will be back next week with another episode. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in to normalized crime.